Namaste. My name is Paul Tioto, joined here with Michael Henry. Most yoga teacher trainings are becoming watered down and mediocre. So we have created this podcast to help supplement those of you who graduated from a teacher training and don't feel confident going out into the real world. Michael and I are lucky to have been trained by some amazing people. We've gone out into the world ourselves and had success, and we want you to feel confident to protect your students and to build your career with integrity and authenticity. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution. My name is Paul Tioto, joined here with my co-founder, co-host, Michael Henry. How you doing, Michael? I could be better, to be honest, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to be recording today. Yeah, Michael injured his knee, unfortunately. Playing basketball, not playing yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's, uh, it's going to recover pretty quickly because I know how to fix it. He knows how to fix it, and on top of that, now he can just sit on the couch and continue to build the platform, the amazing platform that we're creating, That's or that Michael's creating and that I am creating content for. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly it. A lot of time on the couch, but it's uh, being used well. But anyway, before we uh, bore our audience too much, what are we going to be talking about today? Today we're going to talk about, we're going to shift the topic. We've been talking a lot about the body. We're going to talk about the brain, mm. talk about the mind, and talk about how beneficial it is to have a morning routine and what yoga practices are actually um, beneficial for your mind and what, what is included in a traditional yoga practice, like what would a, would a, would a traditional yogi do in the morning. Mm, okay. So, um, yeah, if you actually look at uh, super successful, highly successful people, one of the most common traits or two of the most common traits that really successful people have is they get up early like between 5 and 6 a.m. usually. Uh, that's one trait. And they accomplish more than most people accomplished before noon in an entire day. And two is that they have a morning ritual or a morning routine that helps them get into a flow state throughout the rest of the day. And once you have started incorporating certain practices into your morning routine, if you leave the house without doing your morning routine, it will literally feel like you left the house without brushing your teeth or you left the house without taking a shower. You'll just feel dirty. You'll yeah, feel different. Icky. I was yeah. going to say icky. Icky, exactly. Um, so I have been meditating now for 10 years consistently. And I will say that the birth of my son um, actually created the first inconsistent period of meditation that I've had in my life probably in the last nine years. So I was very consistent, minimum five, six times a day. And then my son was born and now it's dropped to like three to four times a day. So I'm making this podcast partially to kick my own self in the butt and to remind myself to, to get back onto my practice. But what happens when you have a baby is uh, at five in the morning, your wife will be like, time for you to take the baby. And then I have to take a baby and you can meditate on your baby uh, by looking into his eyes and whatnot and, and meditating with him in his presence, but it's not the same as actually having some alone time. So bottom line, meditation will change your life. I have never spoken to anybody who's developed a consistent meditation practice that isn't able to look you in the eye and say, meditation has changed my life. It's just like if you start exercising 
four or five times a week, it will change your life. That's a guarantee. So if you don't exercise, you exercise four or five times a week, it will change your life. If you don't meditate and you start meditating four or five, six, seven, ten times a week, it will completely transform your life. Absolutely. And you actually, Michael, you did this, correct? I did. I I know that meditation is, can be very powerful, like in theory, just like a lot of people listening are probably like, yeah, yeah, I know it's good. But I actually wanted to put it into practice. Having heard you say it so many times on the podcast that having a regular meditation practice can change your life, I was like, okay, well, I should probably like try it out. So I made a, a monthly intention in February to every day for 30 days meditate in the morning. And I didn't really give myself a, a strict time, like, oh, it needs to be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I was just like, you need to sit on the couch, nothing around you, literally close your eyes for minimum five minutes, aiming for 20 to 30. So I just started off, you know, pretty, pretty well. And then I think I had like two weeks straight where I basically did like 20 minutes a day in the morning. And to be honest, I didn't really notice the difference right away because I didn't really have that contrast. But then after two weeks, I missed a few days. All of a sudden I got started to get a little bit busy, you know, and I wake up in the morning and I was thinking about some other things and I was like, you know, I just skipped it. And then all of a sudden I started to notice, I was like, man, I'm just having such a tough day today. Like I'm just... I seem to be sluggish. I'm not like clear thinking. I'm not, you know, my mind's not clear. Um, I'm having a hard time being more productive. I'm forgetting things. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. And then the next morning I'd go up and get up and go do it again. But then I'd forget to meditate. I think it was two days in a row that I forgot. And then it dawned on me the third day. I was like, why am I, what's struggling so much? I was like, I need to slow down. And then that's when I slowed down and I looked at my chart on the wall and I was like, oh crap, I haven't meditated for two days. I was like, okay, cool. Whatever I'm doing, drop it. Let's go do it right now. So I went and did it and I was like, okay, cool. It was a little bit harder actually, mm-hmm. having not done it for two days. Yeah. But then, yeah, that, that pickup day or that third day, uh, once I started again, it almost like it built up a little bit of like muscle memory. I was like, okay, you remember how to do this. Just keep going. Um, and then I, then I had that compare contrast. Then I realized, I was like, oh, when I don't meditate in the morning, I'm not as efficient. You know, I'm not as clear-minded. I'm immediately into work and I you know even when I wake up in um, from my bed and then I start thinking I start thinking like what am I doing today what am I you know where am I going to go what am I going to do how much time do I have what time is it do I have an appointment today like all this stuff kind of monkey mind situation whereas if I don't interrupt that flow with a little you know meditation interruption then my brain doesn't really have an opportunity to organize all those thoughts and then kind of output afterwards but when I did do the meditation it was almost like you know I I meditated and then I would think a little bit. I mean, we don't have to go too much in the nuances of like what was happening in the meditation, but there was moments where I would start to like really focus on one particular thing that I wanted to do that day. And then I just got a lot of clarity and like everything else just kind of went out the door and I've just had a really focused day on that one particular thing. So that was my experience mostly. And then for the rest of the month, um, I was, I think I meditated about 25 out of the 30 days based off of my challenge, which I was very happy with because before that it was basically none so yeah no that's great which uh what technique did you do did you were you paying attention to your breath were you repeating a mantra were you paying attention to a specific part of your body what were you doing i was doing probably a combination of mostly breath because in the morning um i always usually do this not in kind of like a formal meditative state but i would try to expand my breath Mm. Whether it be just kind of moving around the house, waking up and really taking deep inhales to really open up my lungs. Yeah. Just because of the mechanical, you know, physiological stuff that's going on. And I yeah. understand that. 
So usually in my meditation, I would sit on the couch, close my eyes, get myself really, really comfortable. And I'd even put on these things just to drown out noise. So I yeah. put these big earphones here. And then I would just focus on expansion of my, of my breath, allowing my belly to really expand, allowing my, my rib cage to expand to the sides, my back to expand to the back, just really creating space inside my body. And then when I did that, usually I would eventually fall into a bit of a state. Um, there was a couple times where I would start to do a bit of a body scan as well, kind of grounding, trying to feel the energy from the ground or the couch that I was sitting in, kind of all the way up to my head and really trying to create that length in my spine feeling in this uh, body awareness type of situation. So I kind of jumped between those two. Um, and yeah, I didn't really try anything else, but it seemed to work pretty good. The body scan one was a little too relaxing. I found I got a little too, not sleepy, but too comfortable, we'll say. Yeah, that's interesting. I think, we, you know, what's important is for anybody who's meditating is to, to learn from somebody who... Uh, understands that everyone's different and that different techniques work for different people. And, um, so paying attention to your breath is the, you know, always very often the most common, uh, meditation technique that is given to beginners, but it might not necessarily be the best technique for you. It sounds like for you, it actually is. Mm. Um, but I, I also know you and I know that you're pretty left brained. So your, your brain is probably chattering quite a bit. And, And I remember you actually even saying like, I was thinking a lot, thinking a lot, and it's, it's really important to remember that the purpose of meditation is not to stop thinking. It's, it's to give your, your brain or your mind an activity that takes you from thinking into feeling and experiencing. But it's not like, I'm going to stop thinking. I have this goal to stop thinking. Because if we think, like, if you say, stop thinking, stop thinking, it's going to be like you're, you're punishing yourself for being a human being and having the brain of a human being versus I'm just going to pay attention to my breath. I'm going to repeat this mantra and just see what happens. What happens is over time, you create space in between your thoughts and the stop thinking, it happens, but it doesn't happen forcefully. Hmm. It happens indirectly as a result of paying attention to whatever that dharana is. So the dharana is a concentration point. Um, But in terms of the experience that you had, you know, saying I don't believe in meditation in this day and age is basically as ignorant as saying I don't believe in global warming. Uh, it, it The science is out. Meditation is extremely beneficial for a person mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually. Uh, there's 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 basically no argue there's no argument about it any, anymore. So in terms of incorporating meditation into a morning routine, it is something that highly productive and successful people do. And not just successful, it's, it's something that happier people do, you know. And, uh, you know, right now we are going through a period right now of extreme stress throughout the entire world, extreme uncertainty, and being able to to me- develop a meditation practice on a consistent basis in the morning will will significantly impact your life in a positive way. I'm saying you as any listener, I believe in it so much. And um, if you're not having a positive experience meditating, or if you're saying to yourself, I can't meditate, it's probably because you haven't met your teacher yet. You haven't met somebody who's been able to introduce you to the technique that's right for you. 
And that's one thing that I am pretty good at and my wife's even better at. Um, but just being able to recognize, okay, what works for this person? What is their natural brain function? Are they introverted, extroverted? Are they left brain, right brain? Do they have what's going on in their lives right now? What comes naturally to them? And you want to start with something that comes very natural to you. And then eventually you want to work into something that's actually not natural to you to to work on some of your weaknesses. Hmm. So a lot of times, um, highly successful people, uh, there's a lot of like uh, these super CEOs and whatever, a lot of them, they practice TM or they practice Vedic meditation, which is mantra meditation. It's repeating a, a word or a sound over and over again. And that works quite well for somebody who brain is very active with thinking. So like a very intense, intelligent left brain person mantra is good because it uh they're very associated with the intellect mm. and the intellect is the voice in the head so if, if you give someone a mantra they're used to thinking and a mantra is a form of using a sound to eventually replace thinking so that type of meditation would be really good for that type of person but might not necessarily be good for a musician Hmm. or be good for um, a highly creative person or, or an athlete wouldn't necessarily uh, mantra might not be good for them either because these are people that are more in their body or more in the right side of their brain so somebody who's really right-brained and very visual you give them a guided visualization where they where they where they are visualizing themselves at the beach or visualizing themselves uh, in a forest or something like that and that might work for them. Or if it's a musician, you give this person, uh, they're very in tune with their sense of sound. So you start with something sound-based, like a crystal bowl meditation or gong meditation or just simply paying attention to sounds in the room right now. Um, yeah, those are just, or somebody, again, who's very in their body, somebody who's really sensitive, you give them an, a chakra meditation where they're paying attention to the energy centers of their body specifically. Um, but everyone's different. So you have to be able to, you have to know yourself, as Shakespeare would say, know thyself so that you know which technique is good for you. And then you need to study with a decent teacher, a good teacher, um, to develop that meditation. And right now there's all these amazing apps that are coming out for meditation and they're, and they're good and they do work. But if somebody is experiencing a block, it's because they haven't had a face-to-face -face private or face-to-face -face contact with a teacher that really asked the right questions. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> cause like you were saying, cause like you were saying the, uh, for me, I felt very comfortable doing the the awareness of breath. Um, and it almost felt like I was getting bored of it after the 25, 30 days. Not that I was getting bored of it, but I was just like, I felt like I could go somewhere else and I didn't really know where to go. So maybe it was trying one of these other techniques. I'm not really sure, but, and this is just from my own personal experience. The one thing that I tried to remember and that seemed to help me, and this might be more so just for the awareness of breath, but you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But when I do the breath focus um, and then my mind kind of wanders a little bit and then I bring it back, 
um, to my breath again. Every single time I do that, I heard this somewhere. I don't even know. It might have been Tony Robbins or something like that or Tim Ferriss. But they're like, every time you bring your, your attention back to your breath, it's like giving yourself a bicep curl for your brain. So it's like you're, you're doing your breath and then you go think for a little bit or whatever. And then you come back to your breath. Every time you do that, it's like one rep. Yeah. One rep. <clears throat> so I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. So that's a lot of what I would focus on during mine. But like I said, I felt like I was kind of getting bored of doing bicep reps. I was like ready to do something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, there's, there's both sides of that. There's both like, you know, if you're, if you're getting bored, try something new or also be disciplined enough to just stick with it so that, that you have to have both sides of it. Mm. Like if you find a technique that works for you, stick with that technique for a little while. Mm. And, and some days meditations will be boring. And, and um, that doesn't necessarily mean you should switch right away to the next technique. It's something to ask yourself and to use your own discernment about. Um, but like, if my, like me as a guitar player, if I only played guitar when I felt like it, hmm. I would not have become a good guitar player. You have to sometimes sit and play uh, when you don't want to. Right. Same thing with meditation. You know, and sometimes you'll have a bad meditation. You know, I think a very big misconception is that you're supposed to find like five minutes of thoughtlessness in meditation. And that's such bullshit. So kind of like you, like the, the analogy of like each time you bring your awareness back to your breath, it's like doing a bicep curl. I kind of look at it as each moment of thoughtlessness. It's not five minutes, but it's three seconds. And then six seconds. And each of those are like cents. And you're just putting it into a piggy bank, a little piggy bank. And mm -hmm. it's it, and, um, it's the bank of your own mental health and well-being. And it's compounded interest and it adds up. So if you sit and meditate for 20 minutes and you get two seconds and three seconds and six seconds and five seconds and eight seconds and one second, over the whole course of that 20 minutes, you might get four or five minutes of thoughtlessness and that is enough to make your day incredible that's enough to, for, for for a person to be able to handle things much more effectively and much more maturely than they would without it so you know now that i've been meditating for eight or nine or ten years um pro i would say a couple years ago i really got to the place this is just because of experience, not because I'm some sort of enlightened person, because I'm not, um, where I no longer, if I sat for 15 minutes and my meditation was really bad, or I was really, not bad, but it was really, it was cluttered and I didn't have a deep experience, I trusted that it would be enough. I learned to trust that like, okay, if I sit for 15 minutes and the first 11 minutes is bad and then I get three or four minutes that that's what God wanted me to have today, and it's going to be enough, and it's going to be a big difference. And that what matters is that I did it. Hmm. So it's very similar to like going to the gym, and you hit the treadmill, and you're like, "Whoa, I am not going to be able to to run at the pace that I normally run at." So you drop it, and you run at a pace that works for you, and you trust that okay, at least I still broke a sweat today, hmm. and that's that's going to be enough. Um, and you can learn to trust that over time. That's really interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so then, because we're talking a little bit about morning, it doesn't obviously have to be morning, but since we're on that type of topic, what would you say or what would you recommend 
as a way to start. So for example, I would literally get up and go to the couch and start meditating right away. First thing I did. Christina does the same thing, my partner. She'll get up and she'll sit on her, her little bolster and then she'll start meditating first thing. Um, I'm sure there's no right or wrong way to do it, but just for some direction, like... What most, peop- what, what most teachers would say is, yes, that's fine. What I'd actually would recommend both of you doing is wake up, have a big glass of water, mm. um, and then well, have a big glass of water, take a pee, and then meditate. Mm. Um, get, get, most meditation teachers would, would tell you to have a glass of water first mm. or even like a glass of tea. Um, but what's most important is that you don't, you don't stick your face in your phone. So if you're, you know, and again, trust me, I, I struggle with this sometimes too, because I live in Bali and a lot of my business and a lot of my life is in America. So I'll wake up in the morning and I'll have important messages that I know are coming in mm. and um, I want to check them. And most days I don't, but some days I still do. But the days that I don't, I notice that I have a better day and a better meditation. So it's, it's really... Um, you know, if you can start to see your smartphone for what it is, it's a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. and it's it's designed to be incredibly addictive. And I, I would say like waking up and checking my phone is like waking up and smoking a cigarette. And if you if you make it that visceral um, for me, it helps me not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's hard and I know you don't have to be perfect, but. Try not to look at your phone. Yeah. Drink a big glass of water. Meditate. If meditation doesn't work for you, what you another thing you could do is you could move your body even gently. Go for a five to ten minute walk without your phone. Um, do some simple stretching without your phone. Um, another another morning routine uh, is gratitude and gratitude is actually from the yoga sutras we're supposed to practice santosha contentment which in modern day terms i interpret as gratitude which is another scientifically proven thing to change your life gratitude will change your life ask any therapist ask uh, any healer it changes you so you can wake up you could journal five things that you're grateful for you could do stream of consciousness writing um, which is just sitting down writing anything that comes out and 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 have no filter so even if what's coming out is like anger and frustration just like fuck this and fucking covid when's this shit gonna be over like just get it out Mm. it's like you're literally like pulling all of those toxic emotions from your body and you're putting them onto the paper and then sometimes what i'd have people do is you rip it up or you burn it and just let it go so that's a really cool morning ritual as well as a stream of consciousness it's called in the uh the um the artist's way it's called it's called um morning pages Mm, so three pages of stream of consciousness writing um but yeah, having, you know, I, I'd give people sometimes like, I'd say, here's seven things you can do in the morning. Do four of them and you're going to have a great day. So if you wake up, have a glass of water. Great. Wake up. Make sure that you, one thing that I'm a big believer in is scrape your tongue. So like an Ayurvedic, excuse me, tongue scraper. Scrape your tongue. Um, 
wake up, meditate, wake up, spend 10 minutes outside, you, you know, go for a walk, get your feet on grass. That's another thing that's been proven to, to positively impact your mental well-being is to walk barefoot on grass mm -hmm. or even sticking your feet in a river or something if you're lucky enough. Like, I guess we're, we're spoiled because we live in the jungle, but like things like that. Um, gratitude list. Uh, another thing you can do is you can have a five-minute check-in if you're in a relationship with your partner. You wake up, phones away. How are you feeling today? What's going on? How's your morning? Five minutes, check-in. And that person can be just... And the other person's not allowed to comment. Just listen. So listening is a, is a form of meditation. Listening. Um, what else? What else? Eating something healthy. If you eat breakfast, or some people don't, uh, I've found times in my life, I eat a healthy breakfast, I feel great. Other times, drink a bulletproof coffee, I feel great. Uh, I think both, it just depends on what works for you. Um, but I think the, the big keys are wake up and do four to five things that are good for you in the morning. Five, six times, you don't have to do it every morning, five, six times a week you're going to have a great day. So another thing I do is I take my vitamins every morning. There's a set of multivitamins and multiminerals and green juice and stuff that I take every morning. Uh, makes me feel great. And uh, sometimes I'll have like a, a check-in with my men's circle group. I have like a men's group that I'm a part of. And I'll send them a text saying like, hey, I meditated, journaled today, um, took my vitamins, drank my water, boom. Hmm. Um, so having people that hold you to, that to hold yourself accountable to is really important. Um, what about, um, practicing a bit of Saucha for some people to keep it, you know, I mean, it isn't necessarily the same thing as meditation or something like that, but just getting up and like making your bed or getting up and just tidying your room beforehand. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Make your bed. Yeah. yeah. So, cause it's a, it's one of, it could be one of the four or five things. It's simple, but it just kind of starts that process. Yeah triggers that process yeah having a certain degree of or order organization in, in your life especially if you're uh by nature perhaps a, a creative person a more right brain person like like i am you might be inclined to like to not do that but by doing it by giving yourself that structure i found that i actually have more freedom to be creative hmm. because there's there's a clean container um for the creativity hmm. interesting yeah. um i have another question and I understand the physiological reasons on why to drink a glass of water in the morning, but is there another reason that you have heard from the meditation teachers that you heard from? So like, why do they say drink a glass of water and then pee before you meditate? Well, a lot of times you might have to pee. So if you're, <laughs> if you have to pee, you're going to be meditating. You're going to be thinking about how you, how you have to pee right. and you're going to have the choice of what, do I interrupt my meditation to pee or do I try to grind it out? Right. And that's uh, so that's the most but two, it's just, it's also you're, you're dumping out whatever didn't serve you. So our body goes through a tremendous amount of healing physiologically, but also energetically and, and spiritually, they say you go through healing when you sleep and, um, by taking a pee and emptying your bladder, you're releasing toxins. And by drinking a glass of water, you're filling your body with, uh, life force energy. And also, uh, if you drink high quality water you're alkalizing your body 
And I have found that when my body is alkalized, I actually notice that I have better meditations. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, I've been doing a detox for the last mm, seven weeks. And a lot of that detox is involved trying to make my body more alkalytic, trying to reduce the amount of acidic foods that I eat. So lots of fruits. Um, and basically there's a list of certain alkaline foods, um, to try to allow myself to purge or allow my body to purge out, yeah. uh, toxins and, you know, clean out my lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system is basically the sewage system of the body. It's like the sewage tunnels. Um, sometimes they get clogged up. So kind of allowing the body to go into an alkalytic state will allow that to kind of clear out. Yeah. And if you have less, less sewage in your body or less toxins in your body, then chances are your body's going to work a little bit more, including, you know, mental clarity and physical behaviors as well. Um, which also included tongue, tongue scraping. So when you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, tongue scraping in the morning helps to really remove a lot of those yeah. toxins because toxins can be released through the tongue as well, which is cool. Yeah, now that I've been scraping my tongue for the last three years, I same thing. Like if I leave the house without scraping my tongue, I notice it. I notice the difference in the cleanliness of my mouth. Right. Yeah. Then you have that compare contrast type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. There's one other thing that I'll add that I do that I started doing recently um, with regards to the phone. So before I go to bed, usually, hopefully before like maybe an hour or two before I go to bed, I turn my phone onto airplane mode. Um, so that there's no leak Wi-Fi signals. There's no temptation. It's just kind of like a way. And then I try to do something that's offline before I go to bed. <clears throat> but what's even, what's even a step further is I actually try to go to my Wi-Fi modem and like turn off my Wi-Fi wow. so that there's no Wi-Fi throughout the night. So there's no signal going throughout the room, throughout the house when I'm sleeping. Cause it's like, I'm not going to use it. Why does it need to be on? Why do I have to have these signals, you know, electrical signals that may or may not be affecting me energetically i have no idea yeah but in my brain i'm like well what's the harm of just turning it off yeah so then as a result in the morning it's an extra step for me to go turn on the wi-fi you know turn on my phone and it just allows me a little bit more time to think like okay what should i do before i do all that yeah or maybe i go turn my phone on and it's like oh the wi-fi is not connected it's like oh yeah i gotta go turn that on it's like oh wait maybe i shouldn't do that yet then I put my phone down, maybe I'll go meditate, maybe I'll do some yoga, yeah. maybe I'll go for a walk. So it's like that one extra thing that I started to do, and I've been doing it now for a couple of weeks, and it's interesting. Give it a try if you think it's something that you want to incorporate. Plus, you know you're going to have like a bunch of annoying messages from me every morning, so you're like, ugh, I don't want to listen to this guy, so i got to keep my phone off. Usually I turn my phone off till about 10 a.m., because I was like, I know Paul's going to be trying to message me. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, my baby's getting up at 5.30, man. I'm ready to rock. Yeah. Turn it on, get three messages from Paul. Yeah. Um, but actually, another thing that I'll say that was really helpful, um, and this was part of the teacher training that I did with you. I, I don't know if exactly you said it exactly like this, but part of my practice was to delay the amount of, d- delay as long as possible for me to turn on my phone. So because of the nature of, of the time I was doing the teacher training, I'd get up and go to yoga barn to do the, to do the class basically, or to do the session. Um, in my brain, I was like, well, I don't need my phone for the next three or four hours. So this should be easy. So I never turn on my phone. The second I get up, I just go to yoga barn. And then a few times you'd message me cause you wanted me to bring like the microphone or whatever. And I forgot because I didn't actually check my phone. But what I noticed is that like, I had so much clarity. Like my brain, my brain wasn't distracted to be like, I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a message. I wonder if someone's looking for me or like, I had this conversation that I started earlier this morning. Should I continue this conversation? It's kind of like 
brand new day, haven't even turned on the phone. It's like 10, 11 o'clock. It's like super liberating. Yeah. Um, and I didn't keep that up because it's a little bit harder to do, especially if you have, you know, responsibilities and people that you need to kind of speak to for certain things. Um, but when I was able to do it, um, it was, it was amazing. It was yeah. almost like, it was almost like kind of like the, the, the spaces of time in between meditation where you, you, you know, you don't necessarily think you have those seconds. The longer that I was able to push off using my phone in the morning, the better I felt throughout that day. Yeah. So even if it was an extra, you know, I wake up and I go to turn on my phone and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to wait 30 minutes or I'm going to wait 45 minutes or an hour. I'm going to go for a walk first. Like even that short amount of time, like made such a huge difference. Yeah. And starting small um, is probably what I did do. Uh, but then eventually I got to later times in the, the later morning, which made a bigger impact. So that's, yeah. that's the, that's, those are my little pieces that I've explored with and experimented with and yeah, you can take it or leave it, but cool. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. About 30 minutes. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that we can be doing for morning routines, but, um, I think this is a great start and I think the idea is just to start, you know, I don't think you need to make it too complicated and no. just find what works for you. Yeah, start and be disciplined, committed, and even if you can't have an accountability buddy. So if you have a, another friend that's like, all right, we're both going to get back on track and we're going to commit to this. Mm. And if you want to start meditating uh, and you're really struggling, uh, you can reach out to me. And I, I always have like uh, uh, availability to do a couple privates. And usually within three or four privates, you'll have enough uh, experience to be able to do it on your own. Right, right. Or even Leia. Leia's yeah. available as well. Yep. Yeah, your wife. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a great little topic for me and a reminder for me as well. Um, and we also have our mentorship program that is actually open for enrollment now. We have uh, finished our last one about a couple weeks ago and we are getting ready for the next one. So it's starting early May. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode, um, you can join that mentorship program if you're feeling like you're not ready to teach yoga in the real world maybe you want to improve your own practice or maybe you want to build a little bit more connection and community in the yoga space and just be immersed and surrounded by experienced yoga teachers and you know level up your skills level up your practice and your knowledge then this mentorship is definitely going to help you get there so if you want to check it out you can go to yttmasterclass.com all the details are there or if you want to ask us some questions you can connect to us on instagram and we'd be happy to answer your questions directly cool all right have a beautiful, beautiful day, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.